On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. For anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says... You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals it away, what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in the gospel, everyone wants to hear Jesus' words so much so that he has to get into a boat, right, to get a little distance so they can all listen. There's power in God's word, right? And so that's why I read the whole gospel today, right? There's a shorter form. But I said, no, we're going to give him the whole dose of the word of God because it's got power, right? Especially when you hear the flow of Jesus where he gives the parable And then there's that interlude where the apostles kind of stepping away say, you know, why can't people understand? You know, why don't you speak? Why do you speak to them in these parables? Jesus interprets that with Isaiah. And then he goes back in. Now you who understand, let me explain it to you. Right. There's power in that. So let's let the power of the word of God soak into our souls. You know, at times Jesus does preach very directly what he means. Sermon on the Mount is full of direct kind of, hey, do this. 
there's the Beatitudes, you'll be blessed if you do that. Sometimes on divorce and remarriage, he speaks very directly on a lot of issues. He's quite direct. But he also takes the other approach of times with this, the parables. He doesn't always speak in a way that only those who kind of have a sense for him, who understand him or eager to understand, can then follow the parable and then make the application and pull it away. So Jesus isn't someone who's hard to understand, but it is true. There are times when to those who really love him and know him, they get it, right? It's like a couple who has a relationship. They can say things and the other one gets it. And the kid's like, Mom, Dad, why are you, what do you mean by that? What are you talking that way? Well, no, don't, don't worry. They know what they're saying, right? The one who has the relationship gets it. And Jesus, at times, the ones who have the relationship he wants to speak. And that's all of you. But this way that Jesus speaks directly, and then sometimes through parables, also highlights another thing which I think is important is where I kind of got the t- title for today's homily. Christ respects our freedom. He respects our freedom. He doesn't give up on convincing us of the use of our freedom as well. He speaks in such a way that allows the one who loves him and wants to understand more to continue. And at times the one who's lost in themselves, it's like, okay, he'll preach directly at times, but he's not always beating down your door. You're not ready? Okay. He'll be patient. He will be patient. One of the important truths that this parable teaches that our freedom doesn't operate, though, in a vacuum. The seed, the word of God, falls on all different types of soil. So there's three uh, aspects, I would say, to this kind of influences on the seed that we face. The traditional ones, we've heard of them before. The world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The culture of the world which is kind of that product of fallen human nature, that area where the devil works and creates a culture that's adverse to the word of God. This is represented by the thorns, you know, that fallen world that promises easy success and happiness and money and, and popularity all through conceding to your passions, right? That false promise because it, it's false because God alone satisfies. And And we can live in that culture that is a bit of rocky or thorny ground that when the seed falls, it can get stolen away because there's other voices, right? Another second influence is is the flesh. Know that tendency we have within us. Now it's not the world outside of us. It's within ourselves, that tendency to laziness, to comfort. You know what St. Paul calls the flesh. This is the rocky soil that doesn't allow the seed to kind of find root and depth and and grab in and be strong to resist, right? And so we have difficulty persevering with the word, right? We want to be faithful, but other things in our own weakness weaken the word and it doesn't take root. The third influence is the devil, represented by the birds, right, that come along and snatch it up. There's this being, there's this free being that chose to rebel against God, that when it sees the word in our souls, wants to take it away, gobble it up, remove it, right? So again, it's not my interior tendency that's a little rocky. It's not the thorns of the world. It's, it's another being like the bird that comes in, snatches it away. That's real. The devil is real. And just like he did with Adam and Eve, he wants to do with us. That seed that the sower throws He's like walking behind it. Let me pick that up. I don't want it to take root. This, 
I want their souls for myself. He does so through the subtle deceptions, through those temptations that come into our hearts. But there's also lots of helps to that freedom that God gives us, right? Lots of helps that he offers, aids to our freedom so that the word of God can take root. It can grow and flourish and and make us truly free. God knows that using our freedom well and embracing the word and cultivating a deep and rich soil, we need his help. And so he offers us three tools. I'll just pick. There's so many of them, right? God is very generous, but three that I'll mention. One is the sacrament of confession, of healing, which is a really medicinal, it's a, it's a healing. All those three challenges that we have, the world and the flesh and the devil that sometimes lead us towards sin, we need to repent of that, recognize it, say, you know, God, that's not what I want. I want your word, and I repent, and I'm sorry, right? That, that gift of God's mercy, that forum where he can always be found, and certainly he can be found in your prayer, but God set up in his church through his apostles, a real objective forum where we can come and say, before the Lord, I'm sorry for this, and receive his grace. And I often refer to Bishop Barron and his homilies, and one of the points he makes this week in his homilies, the power of God's word to affect things. And God's word, when he says, let there be light, and he creates. When God says, I forgive you, you're forgiven. It affects the reality of what his words say. You're forgiven when God says, I forgive. And when the priest says that you're, you're forgiven on behalf of God, it affects something. That's a huge help because it sets us free from those things that want to pull us down when we recognize him for the Lord and receive his grace. It makes us more free. The sacrament of the Eucharist, which we'll celebrate here, that, that food for us along our journey to strengthen us, to allow the word to, to really flourish among us. The Eucharist, right? That, that event that we're celebrating this year is the year of the Eucharist. We're preparing for and going deeper in that. I think it's good to remember when we celebrate the Eucharist that every Mass is, is like the Last Supper. You know, there's one Last Supper that Jesus celebrated. There's one cross that Jesus died on. There's one heavenly banquet that's going on. It's happening one time, and we access that mystery through what we celebrate in the Eucharist. When Jesus says, do this in memory of me, the this is his sacrifice, his last supper, his death on the cross, and his eternal celebration in heaven of his victory. That's the this that we're doing every time we celebrate the Mass. It's not a new death. It's not a new last supper. It's not just a reenactment. It's that mystery is going on right now for all eternity, and we're tapping into that reality through the prayers that we pray. And so that's a huge help for our freedom. That's a huge help for defense against these things that would want to rob our freedom, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And thirdly, he's given us his church, a community of faith, the authority of the church to teach this is what Christ means. Just like Jesus interpreted this, um, this parable for his apostles, this is what I mean by that. We still have the church can say, this is what Jesus means. This is what Jesus wants. That's a huge gift for us. Many times it's not always clear. And the matters of faith and morals, we have the authority of the church, which is like a father figure, which is a parent that can help us, lead us, protect us. And so that's a huge, it's a huge gift. And so, brothers and sisters, as we hear the word of God, we celebrate the word of God, we tap into the mystery of the Eucharist, let's 
Let's ask for his grace to allow that word to take root. Let's allow us strength or give us strength to reject internally in our own hearts with our freedom, anything that would pull us away from any of those thorns, any of those rocks, any of those things that would make it difficult for the word of God. And then let's resolve to allow the word of God to really sink into our hearts through this mass, through these prayers, and then through our our daily times of prayer. Amen.